Sliced Apples Podcast with Alex and David. Well, we haven't had much like conversation, but essentially, David, how I know Steven is that we went to the same high school and I bought a car through somebody at Sewell. He works at Sewell. And so when I mentioned I went to high school at St. Thomas, we kind of got connected. And then that friend who's a mutual friend of ours brought up, you know, he has a basketball account. You know that, right? Yes. And, you know, this was I bought the car oh, in yes. June. We've been doing the podcast forever. And I was like, holy shit, this would be a great guest. And honestly, for the longest time. I either never thought about it or just was like, man, I'm kind of nervous. I don't want to reach out to him and just like, you know, I guess it, face rejection, even though I'm a salesman, which is kind of funny, but I wanted, <laughs> I wanted there to be an opportunity where I was like up at Sewell. Uh, I'm very glad that you could join us and I like your account. Like, why don't, why don't we just start with that? Like, what was the idea behind the account? You know, it's really hard to do a news-based one. So you're, you're constantly on it. That's that's a tough decision. Why'd you go that route instead of an opinion-based route? Yeah, so when I first started, it actually started with a website. Um, when I hit, had a little bit more time in college, especially my last two years of college, where I was doing pretty much a weekly blog, recapping the big games for that week, just some of my thoughts and opinions on how the season was going, predictions and stuff like that. Um, I've kind of veered off my website a tad bit, which I'm a little bit disappointed in myself, but I've just been busier now. Um, but yeah, I originally wanted my page to be news-based, but it's really hard to compete with some of the top pages that the information super quick. I mean, I'm getting it through a secondary source, essentially, you know, I mean, all the guys on Twitter. Um, so I'm tr- starting to transition it to more of a blog-based Instagram account where I post highlights and kind of break that down, um, as well as posting like season report cards and just kind of my thoughts and opinions on how, uh, I think certain games and players play as well as even throwing in a little betting aspect into it, a little gambling aspect. Um, I've been betting on basketball since my freshman year of college. Um, learned a lot. Um, lately, I've not been doing too too, too good. Um, NCAA tournament wasn't great for me, especially Duke in that Final Four game. But uh, I want to do some of that on my page as well. And last playoffs, I was, I was rocking and rolling up until the finals. Fortunately, Phoenix didn't get in done for me. But, um, but yeah, so I'm in, integrating some of that as well. Um, but, um, yeah, hopefully trying to get some more eyes on my page. Um, I've had a couple of people reach out to me saying they've been telling my bets and making money, which, um, obviously makes me happy because I place these myself. So when I'm doing bad and people are reaching out to me, they, hopefully they understand I'm placing these myself. So, (laughs) um, if I lose, they also lose. So, um, but yeah, so, um, I've been looking into some of these playoff matchups and stuff like that and bringing it down and, um, appreciate y'all pushing this back to Monday. I think this was a better, better time with the. The bracket's kind of set now. Yeah. Uh, playing matchup set. Uh, the regular season awards are over now because um, it pretty much was going up to that last day, which made this NBA season really intriguing. Um, typically, the MVP and stuff like that is over going into the last like month of the season, but for once, it was kind of wide open. I mean, each game the last two weeks counted for something, including the scoring title as well. So, um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm transitioning to. Um, like I said, I've been a huge NBA fan my entire life. Um, and then uh, I buy league pass every year. So I watch, I watch a ton. Um, I, I probably watch between two and three full basketball games a night. Um, wow. yeah, so I'm, I'm watching a bunch. Um, and then I watch the Mavs a good bit myself. So, um, but yeah, I appreciate y'all having me on. I'm looking forward to talking hoops with you guys. Dude, absolutely. I am not a betting man, but I can, I can feel David 
itching just at the screen right now trying to ask you a betting question. So, David, I'll let <laughs> you for it because David has recently come across. Oh, tell him about it, David. You you love this shit. <laughs> oh, I do prize picks. So that's what I've been uh, doing the past month or so. And okay. So it's kind of like. <laughs> he was asking me. He doesn't. He doesn't care. Look about ma- the Masters or golf in general. But he's calling me over the weekend. Like, should I place a bet? The over under greens and regulation on this hole, or is he going to hit a straight <laughs> drive? I'm like, man, Dave, you are really reaching on this now. <laughs> hey, man, you never know, man. Yeah, some people actually are hitting me up asking me for some Masters bets. So I'm like, hey, I'm, I don't. So I'll, I'll I'll talk football as well. Sometimes football betting, I'm pretty into that too. But I don't I don't bet into to baseball or golf or anything. I'm not pretty educated on um i mean i follow golf a little bit and i follow baseball a little bit but i'm not placing wagers and real money on stuff that i don't think i have an edge on so um but yeah nba playoffs is is a really um the lines are very sharp um and honestly it seems like the favorite should cover in all of them so you kind of have to really dig down and um see where you can find an edge here um because favorites do lose (laughs) um or else it'd be not as fun of a you know, I mean, it's fun of a sport. Just like a Bengals making it all the way to Super Bowl this year is pretty cool. They were an underdog in every single game and won. They covered every single game in the playoffs. They were 4 0, including the Super Bowl they covered. So, um, yeah, the betting market is just pretty cool. And I like to do it kind of against myself, see if my predictions are right or wrong in a certain game. And um, yeah, so I've been doing it for a little bit now. Um, and I actually do something where I have this pool where there's 11 people now, I think. So we all place our money on the same bet. So I take the bet essentially for them. Um, so each ticket has a certain number of money. And so if Alex wants to put $10, but David wants to put $50 and I want to put $50, we take the same bet for 110, if that makes sense. So Alex is 10, David's 50, I 50. So I have a pool built up. So people are kind of trusting me with their money. Um, and yeah, I've been doing that for a little bit now. Um, and basically what I want to do essentially is, uh, have their word of mouth spread and say, Hey, this guy's good. Follow his Twitter or follow his Instagram. And Slowly build up my accounts that way as well. Um, because I also why don't you, why don't you plug that? What what is the Twitter just so so the listeners know? Yeah, my Twitter handle is uh, T Stone Sports Forty One. It's just called Touchstone Sports Investments, and I've been posting picks on there for a while. Um, some of my bigger plays will have like large write ups for. So my pin tweet right now is just my uh, University of Georgia national championship write up. Um, but yeah, been doing it for a while, and NBA playoffs will have a write up for a lot of games. So this is a great time of the year because, like I said, I've been watching basketball all year, and so. Um, I'm super excited for these playoffs because it's super wide open. Um, over the last 10 years, I mean, the Warriors dominated the West for a while and LeBron dominated the East. So um, LeBron's out of the playoffs and the Warriors are injured right now. They're not the same team when when they had Kevin Durant. So it's just going to be a, a really fun playoffs. I can't wait. Um, and I think it gets started this Saturday after the playing game starts. So, um, yeah, that's uh, kind of some of my background and um, how how I've been doing in betting recently. <laughs> that's uh... – that's awesome. Uh, all I know is, I mean, one of the main reasons I like doing the betting is just because it makes the sports more intriguing to watch. Like, ever since I started doing that, I have started paying more attention to basketball. And, mm-hmm. you know, before getting on here, Alex was like, have y'all watched the Charlotte Hornets? Like, what? And I'm just like, yeah, because I had LaMelo Ball on some props. You know, I'm getting yelling at the TV for him to make some threes and stuff so I can so I can hit my props. But so, yeah, a little bit, yep. you know, so it comes in clutch in these kind of situations. 
For sure. And yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a way to get into something quickly. Kind of like if you play fantasy football, you'll be paying attention to some no-name yeah. tight end because he's on your team. Um, if you get into betting, you'll you'll be paying attention to the Charlotte Hornets is a great example because they're a middle-of-the-pack team, but they're good enough to where people bet on them all the time. Um, and they have fun players like Lamelo, like you mentioned. And so, um, yeah, betting is a great way to get into something quickly. Um, you'll probably lose <laughs> quickly um, or at, at the start, but uh, if you really – look at teams and the way I do it is a lot of people text me like, Oh, uh, Phoenix is minus 15 against the Rockets. They should kill them. Well, that's not always the case. The line's set to where Vegas gets equal money on each side. Right. So that number is analytically driven, statistically driven. Um, so I, I look for certain spots. Um, and also fading the public can also be pretty beneficial because the public is wrong more than they're right. What is the average sports fan going to bet on who doesn't watch a bunch of basketball and stuff like that. So, um, also, I, I think looking into, especially in basketball, looking into deep in people's benches. Um, like I said, I'm a college basketball fan myself, so I know a lot of these these bench players in the NBA just because they were pretty good in college for the most part. Um, and so, yeah, I, I take into account who's going to be getting minutes in certain games, especially in the regular season. That's a little bit harder to do because game turns into a blowout. That's when your bench is in the game for both teams typically. And so, um, if you know, I mean, Phoenix this year was a was a machine. Their bench is better than a lot of teams starting lineups. So um, in certain matchups, I mean, when they were 12-point favorites, when they're up 20 with like five minutes left and they pull the starters, their bench is still going to be able to to hold that 20-point lead. Rather, a team like maybe the Utah Jazz, whose bench is a little weaker, if they pull a 20-point lead, they could very easily be up like seven with two minutes left instead of holding the 20-point lead. So I don't know. Random stuff like that has gotten me really into basketball and uh, big lines like that. Um, but, yeah. Like I said, I, I'm just super into it and, and follow college as well. So uh, this March Madness was also fantastic. I'm really shooting myself in the foot for for not going to New Orleans because this was one of the better Final Fours we've had in a while. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Especially but, the Duke-UNC game. The final game was good. The Villanova game was a little bit of a blowout, but that was that – was, it was fine. It was still a good game. Uh, yeah. We've been kind of dancing around it, and before, like, because once we get started on the playoff track, we're not going to stop. But you're a Dallas fan, so we won't even touch the Cowboys because well, this is a Cowboys hater kind of podcast. I'm a Eagles fan, and David is a Houston Texans fan, so we we do not like the Cowboys. We'll uh, we'll we'll pass on by that. But Luca, Luca in the MVP discussion, just in general, you you mentioned that the regular season awards wrapped up, so. What is your opinion on the MVP race? Who's going to win? Who should have won? I'm hearing Devin Booker's heavily underrated. Just in general, what are your thoughts? Yep, he is. So uh, so my pick is is Jokic. Uh, he's also the betting favorite. So he just set the record for, I think, highest statistical player efficiency rating of all time. Like he's having a crazy, crazy season. And the Nuggets are the sixth seed in the, in the West, which, on, which typically the, the MVP doesn't come from a sixth seed. But if you look with what he's working with, I mean – he has two max contract players in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. who have not played all season long. And to get to the sixth seed in the West and doing what he's doing from a scoring, rebounding, and assist perspective is pretty insane. So he's my pick to, to be a back-to-back MVP. And Bede is also doing having an awesome season. Um, he just uh, led the league in scoring. So he would come in second for me. Um, where I differ with some other people is Giannis is a, a clear third I think Luca has a really good argument to be in that third spot. Uh, since Christmas, I think the Mavericks have the second best record, tied for the second best record with the Celtics in the entire league. If you see what Luca's working with, I mean, Mavs don't have a traditional big man. Our, our tallest guy is 
or Charles Scott that actually gets minutes is Dwight Powell. And he's listed at like 6'10", but he plays a little bit smaller than that. And Luca is pretty much averaging, I think, since January 1st, like 33, 10, and 8. I mean, nobody's doing Jesus. that. Um, he's And I watch a ton of games. He's truly remarkable. And we played the Bucks this past Sunday. And that was, according to many people, a real statement game for Giannis to, to put himself back in the front running of the MVP. And Luca was just tearing the Bucks defense apart. And the Bucks also have Drew Holiday, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. And they just had no answer for Luca. I think he finished with like 30 and 15 assists. Um, and the Mavs went into Milwaukee and won that game. So, um, and the Bucks are the favorites to win the Eastern Conference right now. The Mavs walked in there and, and beat them. Um, so those are my top three. Um, I did hear an interesting stat the other day where uh, a 63-win team has always had someone on uh, the All-NBA team. And Booker might not make that, which is insane. I mean, his numbers are pretty good. Um, his on-the-off-the-court numbers aren't great. When he's off the court, the Suns are still really good. But that's just because, you know, I mean, they have Chris Paul still, like I mentioned earlier, their bench is fantastic. I mean, I, that's not a knock on Booker because his efficiency numbers are off the chart when he's on the court. So um, I, I have the honest fourth and Luke um, and Booker five in my MVP, in my MVP ladder. But I think Jokic is going to take it this year. I mean, what he did with that Nuggets team. I mean, the guys are starting. A lot of people don't even know where they came from or know who they are. Um, like Austin Rivers gets significant minutes for them and starts a ton yeah. of games. I mean, back in the Rockets championship run, he couldn't even touch the floor when they were trying to to make the finals all those years. And so, um, but Jokic is my pick. Um, Luka just started off a little bit too poorly. I think the Mavs at one point were six, 16 and 18. Um, and he came into sh- uh, the season a little bit over shape, out of shape, excuse me, and overweight. Um, he typically plays himself into shape. At least this is his fourth year and that's what he's done historically. Um, but he also spends the summers playing for the Slovenia national team. And so uh, he took them to the Olympics quarterfinals. And so he mentioned that as kind of kind of an excuse of why he didn't come into camp in the great shape because he took some time off after that. So you can't really blame the guy because he's also carrying his country to the semifinals. And they don't they have basically one other NBA player in Drogic, <laughs> um, who's been on and off the court health wise this year. And so um, but back to your main point of who's the MVP, Jokic is going to be my pick this year. Um, just the highest player efficiency rating ever. He's a center um, I think he finished top five in scoring and assists per game, which is just insane. He's a center. Um, he's the only center that they allow to bring the ball up. Um, even Embiid, he doesn't really bring the ball up. They play him out of the post. Uh, Jokic can truly do it all and is truly a special player. And um, I'm pretty happy my Mavericks avoided them in the first round because with Jokic, you could beat anyone on any given day. Tell me you're a Mavericks fan without telling me you're a Mavericks fan. Like, that <laughs> you need to go to the – to the writers, the NBA writers, and go make your Doncic case right now because <laughs> you might convince some of them, like, you know what? This dude maybe does deserve the MVP because <laughs> you had me well, going there. I was just like, hmm. Well, we have the fifth best record in the NBA in front of the Sixers, who Embiid on many people's ballots, myself included, is in front of Luca on the on that discussion. We went one on one against Philly, so head to head, it was a tie. Um, where he have a better record than the Bucs. I think we went 2-0 and against them this year. And Luke outplayed Giannis in both games. Uh, I think we went 1-1 and against the Heat, who's a top team in the East. Um, and I think we went 2-0 and against Brooklyn. And so the Mavericks' record against these high-powered Eastern Conference teams is really good with Luka averaging like 35-12-8 in these games. Um, and since, so like I said, since Christmas, he's been just on a tear. Um, and we play a three-guard system, which not a lot of teams do. Um, and we play pretty much small ball and kind of similar to the Rockets in regards to Powell's kind of the Capella 
uh, Luca's the Harden. Chris Paul is uh, J- Jalen Brunson for us. Uh, we have Dorian Finney-Smith at the three, who's kind of similar to Ariza. Um, so we have a really similar system as that regard. And uh, Luca has a really high player usage rate, just like Harden had back in those days. So um, I think Luke, this year there's just a lot of good MVP cases. Um, I think actually Giannis finished with the second highest player efficiency rating ever this season, and he's fourth <laughs> on my ballot which is crazy. I mean, everyone's having one of their career years the same time. So it's unfortunate only one guy gets the award, um, but we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Um, Cause I don't see the nuggets making too much noise. I don't see Philly making too much noise either. And those are my top two. I mean, MVP candidates. So I see uh, Luca being able to make some noise as well as Giannis in the East with that Bucks team again. So, um, but yeah, the MVP awards, it's always been, an interesting award because remember that year Westbrook won it, averaging the triple double. Yeah, his and Harden team was, was like, in it, right? Yeah, yeah, so Harden got second that year, uh, and I think the Thunder that year were the eight seed. Um, which the eight, I mean, the MVPs never come from an eight seed. Uh, but back then, people didn't really know how to understand player usage rate, and Westbrook had the highest usage rate ever, which in turn led to him averaging a triple double. Now there's a bunch of players that are close to averaging a triple double, so. Average triple double is not something that's super special in a lot of people's eyes anymore and not something that's going to just boost you to the top of the MVP ladder like it did for Westbrook. I mean, Harden that year had an incredible year. I think the Rockets had the number one record yeah. in the league that year. So yeah. he kind of got robbed. But now that people are normalized to, to triple doubles, um, they're kind of becoming a little less special. And so the MVP, I mean, Kobe only won one MVP, which is crazy to yeah. think about. Yeah, um, don't get me started yeah, so. on that. Dave, Dave has got a hot take about that. But I, a little like uh, a little nugget there that you said I'm kind of interested in. You said that before Russell Westbrook won the MVP and averaged and broke the Oscar Robertson record and all that, like you're right, the triple doubles were more rare to come across. Like you wouldn't see them in almost every game. I feel like I see it to somebody almost getting close to or getting a triple double that game. What What is that? You mentioned the usage rating and all of a sudden the usage goes way up. If you have just like mm-hmm. a quick answer for that, that's that's interesting to me. Yeah, so, um, I mean, back then when Russell Westbrook won it, there's some debate that he was just stat padding. And, like, there are some clips where, I mean, I don't really agree with it, but some sometimes it was happening where, like, Steven Adams, their center, would kind of, on free throw misses, get out the way, and Westbrook would go grab the rebound. Um, but back then, Westbrook had the ball in every single play of every single possession when the Thunder were on offense. So that allows him to either score or make an assist on every single possession which was similar to when Harden was on the Rockets and was pretty much averaging a triple-double. Um, and his usage rate was also off the charts. Um, Lucas is very high this year. He touches the ball in almost every single play, and we just run a pretty much a high pick-and-roll where Luca has it. Someone says a screen. If that screen doesn't work, we're just sending out another screen or letting him make the decision. And he's one of the best passers I've ever seen. Um, I'm sure you'll see on House of Highlights, some of these passes he's throwing like behind his head at the rim to guys just perfectly yeah. instru- in their hands in the corner. Um, but I think a lot of teams are just shifting to that more analytics space and saying we're scoring 1.2 points per possession when Luca has the ball as regards to, you know, I mean, anyone else on the team. Um, and so the, I think there are just a lot of teams are putting it in their star players' hands a lot more than they did back in the day uh, where typically a traditional point guard was used on every team. And now, you know, I mean, the Nuggets have Jokic bringing the ball up because he's their best player. Um, the Mavericks have Luca, bigger guard bringing the ball up because he's our best player. Uh, Harden for a while was used as a shooting guard, but now in many of the, many uh, eyes of people, he's 
you know i mean a point guard because he brings it up all the time definitely um so it's, it's just more of that analytics based approach but i think it's why it shifted into that usage rates for players getting a lot higher than it used to be and triple doubles becoming a little bit more normalized because and um, there's touching the ball so much more than back then i, I also think it's because just the style of play first of all the different different style of play than there was back then um attributes a lot to it but also i just think these athletes these basketball athletes are just different they can they mm-hmm. can do everything i mean we're in the mvp race where we got the top two is Jokic and Embiid, which are these are seven footers that literally can do everything and right. when was the last it's, time a center won the mvp what is it shaq or how long so i know the last time a center won the scoring title was Shaq. So I think it was actually 20 years ago. I think he won it in 2000. So this is the first time in a while that a center Jeez. has won. Uh, but Jokic won it last year. So I know that was the last time a center's won it. But Fair before enough. that Jokic year, I'm not sure when it was. Um, but yeah, uh, to David's point, I mean, just the evolution of the game. I mean, now seven footers can hit threes. Um, so just easier to get assists nowadays. Um, the NBA is just better as a whole. Um, it, the pace of play is also faster. It's a lot of shooting threes, get down transition rather than slow it down. Let's play in the half court. Cause like the Michael Jordan bulls would win games scoring 90 points. And now it seems like you have to score 120 to win a game. Um, so it's definitely a pace of play. A lot of fouls too. Um, I know a lot of the star players have a really high free throw rate. Um, spreading the so floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. Spreading the floor. Spread, yeah, exactly. Spreading the floor, just like big man's being able to shoot. So now mm-hmm. the guys like Harden Westbrook, you know, can donk it, Doncic can go in and get rebounds because it's not clogged up all the time. The lane isn't clogged up mm. all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it's just kind of an evolution to the game to David's point. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get into the playoffs, man, because we could keep going on and on about different players and the functionalities of the game and whatnot. But I want to start with the one that I kind of got thrown under the bus by the guys. But yeah, Charlotte Hornets. I am a victim of the fact that I have not watched them enough, I guess, is the way to say that. So what is your take on the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets matchup for the playing tournament? Yeah, so uh, Atlanta was one of the more disappointing teams the entire season this year. Uh, If you all recall, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Huge overachievement. And then this year they came in with super high expectations and underachieved greatly. Um, So I do think Atlanta will win this game. Both teams have been pretty hot as of late. Um, They both finished with, I think, the same record of 43 and 29, or 43 and 39, excuse me. Um, But Charlotte doesn't play any defense. Uh, They're a super flashy offensive team with uh, LaMelo Ball, who's really, really good. Um, They have also have Terry Rozier, who's a really good shooting guard as well. They run Miles Plumley at the, or excuse me, Mason Plumley at the five. He's not a great defender, and then they have really no backup bigs either. Uh, Montrez Harold doesn't really play defense, and he's a little bit undersized. So the, the Charlotte Hornets' problem is, has always been defensively. Um, they're going to put up points. Uh, they made the play in last year, and then got the doors blown off of them by the Pacers because they just had no size, and Sabonis and Miles Turner were just eating them alive inside. Um, so that I think that's one of the first plan. I think that's on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I have Atlanta winning that game. Um, they've just been a little bit hotter team and played a little bit better defense with a little bit more playoff experience from last year. Um, and uh, Trey Young just did something that's completely been thrown on the radar this year. He led the NBA in total points and total assists. But he wow. also became the first player ever to do that at the NBA level and the college level. Um, his last year at Oklahoma, he led the NCAA in assists, total assists, and total points. I think that is the most insane thing ever. Um, 
the Hawks are barely making the playoffs and they have someone that just led the league in points and assists. I mean, that is just crazy. Um, I think he's a true superstar. Um, being to the Eastern Conference Finals last year, uh, kind of put him on the map. But this year with the Hawks and our team, he's not really getting the recognition he deserves. Um, but I have him on my third All-NBA team um, this year as the point guard on that team. But in that matchup, I do have the Hawks winning um, and moving on uh, to play the the loser of that 7-8 game, um, which uh, is um, the Nets Let's versus Cavs. Yeah, yeah, let's roll into that. What do you think? I had the Hawks. David, did you have a pick on that game? Did you pick the Hawks or did you have Charlotte? I mean, it, it's hard because Charlotte is undersized down low, which is very easy pickings for Capella. But I don't know, man. Something's telling me Charlotte, dude. I don't know what it is because LaMelo Ball is LaMelo Ball. He he can do his thing. I mean, he, he can be a little... Hot and cold, but like the key here is essentially what I'm thinking about are the wings. So, uh, Miles Bridges versus like Cal Horder, Herder, Herder, and Bogdanovich, because those guys that's the reason why they're in this position right now. Because it's not because of Trey Young, it's because of those guys kind of sometimes they'll show up, they'll hit, they'll hit all the buckets, sometimes they just ice cold. You know, for sure, it is, and it's just one of those things. Like I don't know which for those wing players who's gonna show up. Same thing for my. You, you go on the other side, Miles Bridges, uh, Plumley. You'll have you. They'll have some good games. Bridges could go for thirty plus. He's gone for thirty plus before, but then pff, ice cold, and it's just like can't find the bucket. Then they get, and they're already undersized. So you get a guy like Capella just like you know bullying them but at the same time Capella's not that kind of center where kind of if you were to think of a Jokic or Embiid or um just even I'll, I'll even throw out there like Valanchunas or something he's not the guy that's going to be in the post like oh this guy's small give me the ball he's going to do some post moves he's not that's not him he's gonna find the lane for an alley mm-hmm. he's gonna uh pick and roll he's gonna get rebounds so that's why I might be leaning towards Charlotte. I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to lean towards Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I haven't officially placed a gambling wager on it yet. I typically wait till right up towards game times because I like to see how lines move and stuff like that and what people think. Um, kind of gauge what the public is on. But I definitely agree with you. Yeah, Capello's not going to be the one scoring anything on his own. Um, he's never been like that. He's not even on Valanciunas' level. That was a great example because he's kind of more of that above average center, but not in that elite status, but still can give you 20 points a game on any given night with also like 20 rebounds. Uh, but yeah, the good X factor, like David mentioned, was going to be the wings. Um, if, if Bogdanovich, Herter, and even DeAndre Hunter are making their shots, the Hawks are pretty tough to beat. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't see much defense being played in this game, regardless of who wins. Um, but Also, uh, Scary Terry. I forgot Scary Terry. If, he, if Scary Terry is Scary Terry, they're going to have their hands full. <laughs> for sure. Because Trey Young, I mean, he got them points and assists. I don't know about that defense. For <laughs> sure. And typically I'd be wary of the, the, the favorite that's underachieving, which is, which is the Hawks in this matchup. They're the favorite, but they had a really, really tough year. Lately, they've been, they've been better. Um, so, so is Charlotte, though, because both of the teams have been up and down for a while. Um, so, but we'll see what happens. Uh, my, my pick right now would be,
the Hawks. Um, so, so who is they've had the biggest jump from wins from this year. I mean, they were not supposed to do anything this year. Um, and if and, uh, but the Nets are going to win, unfortunately, I think, tomorrow. Um, and the Cavs, I think, will bounce back and beat whoever wins that next game. Um, and so the Nets will slide into that seven spot. And then Cavs verified person of KD ever in a one game situation. I think he's the best player on the planet. Um, I think he's the best scoring player actually of all time. Um, what he can do shooting wise at his size, also with his handle. Um, I mean, he almost took out the Bucks last year by himself. I mean, with that Nets team, he had no Harden, no Kyrie, or excuse me, a hobbled Harden and no Kyrie. And if his foot was, I mean, one inch behind that line, they the Bucks aren't the champions last year, um, and so. I'm the most terrified person of Kyrie, or excuse me, KD. Um, so I think they'll win that game. Um, KD will have a big game, but uh, that next game, I think Cleveland will bounce back and beat Atlanta. Don't start, David. Don't start. Just let it go. <laughs> David is a huge, huge LeBron guy. Huge LeBron guy. He will not stand for that KD type of slander. I agree with you, though. I think KD is one of those guys. You just get a one-game kind of scenario. I, I, I love LeBron myself, but in a one-game scenario nowadays, especially with LeBron being a little bit older side, I don't think there's anyone better on the planet than KD. I mean, you know you know he's going to show up in the biggest games. Um, a lot of other superstars are very up and down. but My boy's in Cabo, all right? We don't need to bring him up. He's, he's chilling. You know, <laughs> vacation time, you know, rest and relaxation, R&R. But, <laughs> yeah, this is Brooklyn all the way, dude. Come on. I'm I'm honestly – don't even know like i want to take kd's props over points but they might be up by like 35 in the third quarter and so i i don't know what it's just i would be i would be a little careful though because the nets have the like the worst defensive rating of any team in the playoff Um, that is like that is worse than the hawks and i think worse than the, the hornets the nets can't stop anybody so I'd be a little bit careful. I, I I think the game's gonna be closer than people think. I'm actually from a from a gambling perspective. I'm I'm tempted to take Cleveland with the points in that game. Um, they're like getting nine points, I believe, and I think it's gonna be closer than people think. Uh, they played a, I think on Friday of this past week, and I think Brooklyn pulled away late. Um, but uh, I think the Nets will win. But I think it's gonna be closer than people think, uh, and I do think KD will have a big game. It's it's funny because uh, I actually just thought of this right now, and I was thinking about you said the Bucks game from the playoffs last year, but I started thinking about the Bucks game from literally like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. a week and a half ago or whatever, when KD they went into overtime, but KD missed that three pointer yep. to, to tie it. Was it to win or tie? It was to win. They were down two to win, and it's funny because years ago Kyrie not even years ago, maybe a year or two ago, Kyrie being like, oh, yeah, I finally got a guy that's like, hmm, he can make that shot. I just mm-hmm. want to 
put that out there just because I didn't a week and a half ago. I just found it funny. But either way, I mean, I think the question is, who's going to have more points, Katie or Kyrie? Like, who's going to be the one to go off the most? But then it's not even them two. You got guys like uh, Bruce Brown, who has been pretty good as of recent, especially with Seth Curry being out. Um, I don't know what his status is for this current game, uh, for this playing game. but I think they're going to be fully healthy. Drummond Drummond has also been playing very well as of recent toward uh towards the end of the season for for them. Um they it seems like they have a good groove going but like you said that defense is just I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's the the Steve Nash being head coach or something but <laughs> <laughs> they just said uh defense you know uh. it's it's I think it's a little bit of a combination of they just don't have a, a lot of good defenders. I mean, Kyrie's mm-hmm. not known as a good defender. Durant's not known as a good defender. Drum is not known as a good defender. Curry and Bruce Brown are. But at some point, I mean, when your three other guys are not defending at all, it's it's tough. And, I mean, think about this. If 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 KD drops 40 and Kyrie drops 30, that's 70 points right there. Where are the other 50 points going to come from? I mean, Curry's typically good for 10 or 15. Bruce Brown might be good for 10. Uh, but if – if Drummond gets in foul trouble and they don't have they don't have a backup big, I'm I'm extremely worried. And Drummond does foul a ton, so I think their defense is going to bite them. Um, a lot of people have them as a sleeper coming out of the East. I think they're going to get bounced by the Celtics. Um, I really do. Uh, it's kind of like the Lakers last year. They snuck into that seven seed with LeBron and Davis, and they were favored over Phoenix. And a lot of people were picking the Lakers to upset them when the Lakers were just not good last year. Uh, they were injured pretty much the whole year, kind of like they were this year. And they snuck into that seven seed and then just got the, the wheels blown off of them. Um, I think that's kind of going to maybe happen to Brooklyn. Don't get me wrong. I think KD is going to get his 40. Um, I'm the most terrified of him in, in, a, in a one game uh, game in the playoffs of anyone in the entire league. But I'm, the Celtics have the best defensive rating since January, a top two record since January. Um, I, I think Boston's going to give them trouble. And they actually played about a month and a half ago in Boston. Uh, when KD and Kyrie both played, because Kyrie could have played because of the, the vaccine mandate, allowed him to play on away games for a while. So he played in that one. Um, and I think had a, a pretty decent game, but uh, Boston still pulled away late. Um, and I think if they get Robert Williams back, uh, their center, who's pretty vital to their defense, I think he'll finish on the second all-defensive team this year. If they get him back healthy, I do think Boston's going to be uh, come out victorious in that matchup with, with Brooklyn, just because I don't think Brooklyn has the bench and the defense to really keep up with some of these other playoff teams. They'll be able to score. Um, but I just think whenever I think of they'll get 70 points from KD and Kyrie, and I have a hard time finding where they're going to get that 40 extra from other guys um, while and still it, being able to defend guys. And Boston also has defenders. You know, you got Jason Tatum who can match up with Kevin Durant. You got mm-hmm. uh, um, Jalen Brown. But also Marcus Smart can match up with very well with Kyrie. So, I mean, it's just kind of hard when you have – the guys on the other side that can defend, but they can also score not at your pace, but close enough. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Marcus Smart's uh, going to be the first guard, I think since Gary Payton to win the defensive player of the year. He's the favorite right now, um, which is crazy. It's typically award won by a, by a center guy that's protecting yeah. him getting a lot of blocks. Um, but Marcus Smart is the favorite right now to win that award. Um, which is crazy. And so you could put him on either KD or Kyrie and then make Brown or Tatum guard one of the other two. There's not really the same matchups on the Brooklyn side. Uh, you can put Bruce Brown on one and he'll, he'll work and make it a little bit tougher, but they don't have 
any type of elite uh, defender on that end. And so um, I think the Nets are coming into the playoffs with the 17th defensive rating in the league. And I don't think a single champion has ever won with a defensive rating that low. So that's something to just keep in mind um, when we're, when we're starting these playoffs. So um, it's just crazy to me that the Brooklyn still doesn't have Harden. They had played 16 games together last year and they were, unbelievable when they played uh the three of them i mean they were just blowing the doors off of teams and it's crazy that as fans we only got 16 games of that and i think we got only two of them in the playoff or excuse me i think we got six of them in the playoffs uh four in the first round and two in the second round um but they looked like they were going to walk their way into a championship last year and it's crazy that hard is not even on the team anymore because they didn't play really defense back then either but their offense was so potent and lethal that they would just outscore everybody um so this year, I don't think they have that same firepower, and it's a shame that Ben Simmons isn't playing because he's exactly what they need. Yeah, a wing exactly. defender, a guy that can rebound, a guy that will give you 15 points, and he's not playing because uh, he's hurt right now. Um, and if he comes back, I don't think it changes much. I mean, I don't think you can be thrown into a playoff series without playing this entire year. I mean, he hasn't played an organized basketball game since they Philly lost in the playoffs last year to Atlanta. Um, so even if he comes back, I don't think it changes the series much. Um, but it's just a shame that he has, wasn't able to get healthy this year. And a lot of people are saying, I mean, he was sitting out those games in Philly due to mental health reasons. How did he not get healthy at the same time? I mean, you're doing essentially nothing. Uh, no one said anything while he was sitting out about having an injury. Then he gets traded and he's still not playing due to a back injury. And it's not like that back injury occurred when he got to Brooklyn because he had to pass a physical to get there. Um, and so it's kind, of, it's kind of like the opposite of Harden. He had that hamstring injury. And then he got to Philly and hamstring he was like, injury. What hamstring? I'm I'm good to go. Let's go. Exactly. He's kind of he kind of faked an injury, and he was not trying very hard those last few games in Brooklyn because he wanted out. I mean, they got the doors blown off of them by the Kings, and I was actually watching it. Um, it's one of those West Coast late night games, and the Kings are not very good. And Harden was barely moving, both on offense and defense. He wow. barely moves on defense as it is, but he was barely moving on offense. Um, I'm a big James Harden hater. I'll let y'all know that right now. Um, just because I've always been a hater. Um, I used to think his offense was elite and now it's not at the same level. So I really think he's needed to try a little bit harder on defense. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Philly traded a lot to get him. So we'll see what happens. But I will say he made the blueprint for your boy, Luca. I mean, I'm just he did. He did. He made the blueprint. He did make the blueprint for Luca, and we follow a very similar scheme. So I don't hate him in that regard. Um, I think Harden is a better scorer than Luca when he was at his at his prime, but I think Luca is a better passer. Uh, personally, watching both of them a bunch, but hmm. uh, we'll see. Luca's twenty two, and Harden was doing that in his late twenties. So we'll see how much better Luca can get. So we talked about Brooklyn, and you're and you bring up Ben Simmons. Kind of the next matchup I want to talk about is the Pelicans and Spurs. The two commonalities between the Brooklyn and the Pelicans is obviously Zion with him sitting out and what's got what's going on with him. And we already kind of touched on Ben Simmons, but I want your opinion on both of those players and kind of what they're both big time players, you know, former number one overall picks, both of them. And mm-hmm. what do you think just looking at it, their futures look like? So there's rumors that Zion wants out of New Orleans. I don't think that is the case. Um, I think New Orleans will be quick to offer him the Supermax, and I think they'll do that because essentially he won't be able to turn it down. He hasn't been able to play many games, and so how would you – no other team's going to offer you a Supermax when you haven't played, you know, I mean, not even half your games to start your career. It's so risky, though, don't you think? 
it's risky, but when he's on the court, he's a, a generational talent. In a city like New Orleans with no basketball history, not a lot of fans, the only thing that gets that fan base excited is Zion on the court. So I like think you ten have, games. It's kind of quick to do the generational talent for ten games. Hear me out really quick, though. He's played more games in his first three seasons than Embiid did. And Embiid's known as a generational talent at center, which is a stat that not a lot of people know, that Zion's already played more games than Embiid did. And when Zion's on the court, he's an absolute freak. I mean, he is. Uh, he, he's an absolute beast. And they traded for C.J. McCollum, which will keep Zion happy. Um, they've been really good since they've traded for him. That, that's how they've stuck in the playoffs to begin with. Um, it's not going to play in. Um, and so I think Zion will end up getting the Supermax and signing it. And also, the Pelicans have, um, I think, the Lakers pick this year, which is in the top eight as of now, uh, which that means they're going to add another pretty good player in a pretty stacked draft this year. That's another young guy coming in that could potentially help them next year when Zion's fully healthy and that whole squad's fully healthy. Um, I think the, since the All-Star break, they have like the eighth best record in the league, which is also pretty surprising because they were, they started off the season three and 17. Um, and now they're snuck in the play-in, which is pretty impressive. Um, and so My, my thing real quick before we move to Ben Simmons is with Zion, like isn't your concern because you talk about Zion Supermax, but as far as play for the next 10 years or – however long you expect him to play or anybody expects a generational talent, like you're saying to play. Um, mm-hmm. I just watched him come out of college, the weight and the, the, the physics of his dunks and how much force he comes down. I just, I can't imagine that guy having a long career. Like, is that not a concern of, of yours or of the Pelicans you think? For sure. And that's, that's definitely a, a good take. And a lot of people have that take as well. Um, it is a slight concern for me, but just kind of tying it back into this, if I was a more well-established franchise, then maybe I'd be a little bit more concerned about giving him the money. But since you're New Orleans Pelicans with, like I said, no history, um, no playoff success, no real superstar to ever come through there, um, I think you kind of just have to do it. And it gives Zion really no option because he's not going to turn down that much money after not playing very many games. Um, if they were to trade him, I think you should do it now. Uh, as he's getting healthy, because like I said, when he was playing, he was dominant, dominant, yeah. dominant. And he was averaging the most points per game in the paint since like Shaq, um, who was obviously one of the most dominant centers ever. And Zion's only like six seven, six eight. Shaq was seven foot and much, much bigger. Um, and so I don't know. I definitely see the hesitation of paying him, and I I respect that take. I think a lot of people have that as well. Um, but if I were in Pelican shoes, just from what I've seen when he's out there, and he's playing more games than Embiid. I mean, Embiid's now known as a top five player in the league. And in and, and the NBA, to win a championship, you pretty much have to have at least a top 10 player in the league to do yeah. so. Um, and Zion was trajecting towards being up there, you know what I mean, to the top 10 players pr- sooner rather than later. Um, so that's just my two cents on the Pelicans. Uh, I do think they will beat the Spurs uh, okay. um, on that playing game. Uh, I think the Spurs this year played f- for that pop win. Uh, breaking the win record. Spurs aren't very good. Um, I mean, Pelicans aren't either, but the Pelicans have a little bit, at least more talent with with CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, who I really like, um, Jonas Valanciunas at the center, and they've just been better since the All-Star break. So I am going to pick New Orleans in that in that playing game. Um, Is Pop done after this year, you think? Ah, I'm not sure. Um, I think he really likes coaching basketball. Um, I don't know if his future is in San Antonio because they are going into a rebuild without really going into a rebuild. Because um, going, in, you can't really rebuild making the play-in. You need to be in the lottery getting good picks. I mean, they don't have too many assets. Mine is Dejounte Murray, 
and he was rumored to be traded for Ben Simmons for a while, uh, but they ended up going with with that Harden route instead. Um, but I think Pop will still coach next year. Gun to my head, that's what I would what I would pick. Interesting, hmm. interesting. Um, well, I mean, the last matchup of the play-in is. I mean, I mentioned the Charlotte and the Atlanta matchup that was pretty tough, but this is kind of another one that's really kind of weird. In Minnesota, where we had Jimmy Butler a couple years ago leave because they apparently didn't want to win, and now mm-hmm. they're in this situation, and they're the seventh, and then you have the L.A. Clippers, who were supposed to win a championship a couple years ago when they recruited Kawhi and PG, and now Kawhi is out for the rest of the year. PG is back, and they've won five straight, but what is your take on this? Yeah, that's the toughest plan to pick. Um, a lot of people would probably trend towards picking the Clippers now that PG's healthy and they're they're hot. Uh, Norman Powell's also a sneaky pickup that they got at the deadline who's also healthy now. Um, he originally got hurt pretty much right when they traded for him, and he's going to give you pretty much 18 points a game. So both of them are healthy now. Um, but Minnesota's been one of the most underrated stories of the entire NBA this entire season. I mean, it's kind of a shame that they're even in the playing game winning. Like I think they have 46 wins, um, Yeah, which is – a 46-win team should be in the playoffs. Uh, if they were to lose these next two and not make it, it's, it's kind of where people are against the plan, including myself. Because if, if some of the Spurs win two in a row, I think they have 36 wins. They're under 500. Uh, the, the Timberwolves had a much better season. Um, but kind of like the, the Brooklyn series, I have whoever loses this to still beat the Pelicans in that next matchup. Um, but this one is the most intriguing game of the play-in. Uh, the Timberwolves have a lot of young star power and Carl uh, Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, who's really ascending in his year two. The Clippers are a, a well-run machine who made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. They're getting healthy. Um, they have a good coach in Ty Lue. Um, so that's definitely the game I'm most locked in for for this uh, for this play-in. Um, I think I'm going with the Timberwolves to win it in that game. I just think they have a they've had a better season, um, and I think they'll they also have home court. So I think I'm going to take the Timberwolves to win that game. Um, and if I were the Suns, I'd be pretty terrified because the Clippers are, are a very scary eight seed. So if the Timberwolves win, then the Clippers win that next game. The Suns get possibly a healthy Clippers team with Kawhi Leonard rumored to be coming back maybe in the playoffs. Um, you never know with Kawhi. There's never any news on it or any update on him, but apparently he's playing three on three. Um, and, I mean, we've seen Kawhi in the playoffs. He's won two championships um, with a finals MVP in, in both of them. And so – um, he's an absolute stud. He's a killer on the court. Bar the Suns, not a great reward for breaking their franchise wins and getting a possibly a healthy Clippers team in that first round. Um, so we'll see what happens. But my pick would be the Timberwolves in that play-in. I'm gonna have to agree. I like the Timberwolves mainly just because of Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Um, he's been low key, very, very good. We talk about those bigs that could kind of do it all. He's not. Totally on a Jokic and Bead level, but Cat is up there. Um, he's definitely one of the, one of the best to do it. And um, I, I don't know the Suns. I think if you're the Suns, you don't really got to worry about anybody. Honestly, I the Suns are just so good, and like you said earlier, so deep. They are s- extremely deep, and Booker has not been getting the attention I feel like he deserves just because. He does have Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden, and whatnot, and that just that team mm-hmm. in in general. Um, but he is the the engine on 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 that squad right there. But back to this one, uh, Minnesota Clippers. I'm going with Minnesota, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers kind of pull it out just from pure experience. Honestly, just 
having the veterans and um, having Ty Lue as a coach, just pulling that one out. But I mean, never know. You know, you gotta, you gotta, as a young team, as young as Minnesota is, you gotta, you gotta have that get over the hump kind of like, okay, we're, we're, we're the real deal. We can do this. Yeah, Yeah. we can do Mm -hmm. this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would not be surprised in the absolute slightest if if Clippers won that game. Um, I think that's why this is the most intriguing play in. Uh, Minnesota does play really good defense. I think they're first in the league in steals per game, um, and that's a tribute to Pat Bev. Typically, everywhere he goes, he gets he gets that team to D up. And they also have a guy named Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, he's from Houston, actually. I played against him in high school, which is uh, pretty cool. So I've been following him for a while. He ended up going to Kentucky. Uh, he was on the Nuggets for a while, but never any got any significant minutes. Uh, and they traded him to Minnesota um, last year. And now he's developed into a really good rebounder and a, a, guard, uh, a forward that can really guard any position. Um, so I'm interested to see the Clippers have a lot of firepower on offense, but the, the Timberwolves have a lot of firepower on defense. Um, the Clippers definitely have the edge in experience, both from a coaching perspective and a player's perspective. Um, but I, I think the Timberwolves – I think it's just the Timberwolves have a better year uh, this year, um, and have been pretty pretty consistent the entire year. So um, that's just just what my gut's saying to lean towards picking the Timberwolves in that matchup. But yeah, like you said, I would not be surprised in the absolute slightest if Clippers pulled that one out. I uh, this season, so we're we're obviously from Houston, and we. I am a big Rockets fan. I know David's a Lakers fan. I, I'll keep giving him shit for that until the end of time. <laughs> but uh, this year. I adopted a new team, and that's the Memphis Grizzlies. So I want your take on the Memphis Grizzlies and what what I can expect as a Grizz fan. <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? So, I thought uh, you adopted them, bro. Like, shouldn't you know? I did adopt your adopted team. I, no, I want his opinion on how far they're going to go. I mean, we're a young team. You know, I I, I love Jaw. Oh, bro, I'm full. We John Conchar yeah. with the fucking triple double the other night. Triple double, oh, yeah. John Conchar. It just shows how deep they are. But uh, Morant was out for a while, and they still were like, I think, like oh, yeah. 22 and 4. Uh, the Grizzlies are kind of similar to Phoenix, where they're just a well-oiled machine. Um, they get a lot of their points in transition. They're also a very young team. Um, so I don't I don't love them quite yet. They're definitely trending up. I love Jaw. I like Desmond Bain a lot. Um, but I, I, I think it's kind of lightning in a bottle right now. Um, similar to kind of the Knicks last year. I think the Knicks were the four seed last year, had a great regular season behind uh, the most improved player in Julius Randle. And John Moran's up for that award this year, most improved. Um, I don't know if he has enough games under him to qualify, um, but I do really like the Grizzlies in the future. I just think the West is has a lot of experienced teams, um, and the West is just really good. Um, luckily for them, they did avoid the, the Phoenix side of the bracket. And so if they were to get out of that first round, they'd most likely play Golden State. Um, who they actually beat in the playoffs last year in the play-in um, to make to make the eight seed. Um, so and they've been I good a, against them in the regular season. Sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, they they are uh, solid against Golden State in the regular season. And Curry's hurt right now, so who knows what he's going to look like when he comes back. Um, the thing is, Morant's also. I think he just played his first game uh, on Sunday for a while, so at least he's ready for playoffs. And that's good. But um, I just don't see the Grizzlies making too much noise this playoffs, just because how young oh. they are. I mean, their their top four guys are so young, but then again, they are super deep. I mean, like you said, John Conchar triple double. I would have never seen that coming. <laughs> um, Desmond Bain's also up for most improved. He's a really good shooter. He's yeah, got a lot. He's, of, awesome. he's worked on his game. 
Um, he's improved his scoring every year since I think his freshman year of college. So he's just gone up and up and up over the past six years. Um, I like Dylan Brooks a lot. He's a dog. He'll D up anybody in the league. Steven um, Adams' so trade was huge. Steven Adams' trade was nice. He's one of the best uh, screen setters and rebounders in the league, which is good for a team like that. And then Jaron Jackson Jr. is kind of the key. Um, if he's on offensively, the Grizzlies are pretty tough to beat. Uh, he's pretty on and off offensively. Defensively, he's always going to bring it. Uh, he's up He's up for defensive player of the year this year as well. Um, he can really cover guards and bigs. Um, he's super long, super athletic. Um, but if, if his offense is on, Grizzlies can beat anybody. But he's kind of the key for me there. Um, if he's getting you 20, 25 with 10 rebounds, Grizzlies are going to be a tough out. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think they have one of the – they yeah, they got the two seeds. So they have either the Timberwolves or the Clippers coming in. So – um, from That's a fine. basketball fan, I know the, the NBA doesn't want to see like a Timberwolves Grizzlies matchup. Uh, I do rating, I but yeah, as a basketball fan, it's awesome. Young guys. I, would, I would love that. Yeah, it would be super cool because at least one of those teams is moving on to that next round. Um, so we'll see what happens. So hopefully the Timberwolves do pull out that win um, in the plan to get that, that Grizzlies matchup. So that would be awesome as, as a basketball fan. If the Clips beat the Timberwolves, I'm calling rigged. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <Rigged>. <laughs> So, for what it sounds like, your opinion is that Phoenix is a runaway in the West. There's no, there's no real challenge to them. They're the representation from the Western Conference this year in the finals. Yay or nay? That is, that is yay. Uh, I actually, that's something I already have placed a, a wager on. Um, they're still available at plus money to win the West. So, whatever money you put down, you can make more than you're putting down, uh, which is shocking to me. Um, that is crazy. So, I've, I actually did it over the past two weeks. Um, but I think Phoenix is going to run away with the West. Uh, one thing with Golden State is Clay, Draymond, and Steph just haven't played games together. So the continuity is not really there. Um, Steph's coming in hurt. Uh, Clay's turned it on now, which is a great sign for them. He's been, I think he's had his first uh, three games where he had 30 points game, thirty points in three games straight of his career, which is very surprising. Uh, he did that yesterday um, to get that. But uh, So Golden State's a little hobbled with Steph coming in. Um, and then just not the continuity they've wanted to probably going in the playoffs with the, the, their big three. And then Andrew Wiggins has just been awful since he's made the all-star team. I mean, that was – I can't believe he even was the all-star starter in the first place. That that was just awful. <laughs> I don't even have, <laughs> have any other words to describe it. He's been terrible since then. I do really like Jordan Poole. Um, yes. And the, yes. the Warriors are good, but just Phoenix has been just so consistent. They're so deep. Chris Paul at the end of games, I mean, their clutch rating is just insane. They have the number one clutch rating in pretty much every single metric. I mean, I'll, I'll see the score. They're down – 15 in the third quarter, and they will come back to win against good teams consistently this year. I think they have a better uh, away record than any team in the league has at home. Um, wow. <laughs> so they're just a well-oiled machine. I don't see anyone beating them in the West. Um, even, oh, I, even, I, even with Golden State, they're thin inside. So that DeAndre Aiden, that's easy pickings for him. Exactly. Golden State, uh, Draymond Green can make it a little tough on him just because Draymond's such a good defender. Uh, but I just think Golden State is too deep. I mean, that will be the difference there. I mean, they just look like they're they're mad from last year losing in the finals. Um, they're yeah. up two zero. They're up two zero in the finals. So they're two games away from getting Chris Paul and Devin Booker and eight in that ring. Um, they've looked like they've been hungry for that title all season long. So I have them coming out of the West, um, and I think they'll win it honestly pretty easily. Um, I think there's been seventeen teams. Um, don't quote me on the number, but I think that's that's correct. There's been 17 teams ever that have won 63-plus uh, games, and like 13 of them have gone on to win the finals. So it's a really great percentage, um, and they're one of them this year. So um, 
history says they are in good shape to, to win the finals this year. Um, they're definitely my pick to win the West. What about the East, man? The East is, uh, I'm actually really intrigued with the East because it's going to be great games no, no matter what, all up and down the board. Mm-hmm. East is going to be awesome. I mean, the Nets are a seven seed. Um, I know we've talked about them a little bit, but they're, they're still a seven seed and they're better than a seven seed. Uh, the East is just better this year. Uh, Chicago was pretty, started off really hot and then kind of teetered off towards the end of the season. Um, Miami's been super underrated all season. They got the one seed there and they're getting slept on a little bit too much. They play fantastic defense. Uh, their problem is their offense doesn't show up sometimes, but they play fantastic defense with you, Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo, Lowry. I mean, that's you best know what defensive for any team can throw out there. I was watching the Heat the other day because I had a Kyle Lowry prop. And I was like, oh, my God, they have Ola Depot coming off the bench. I forgot about this dude. <laughs> yeah, he just got healthy. He's playing. Um, I don't know how much he'll be able to give in a playoff series because when the playoff series and you're preparing for someone, the, the true guys come out. Um, and if you're not healthy or um, if you're not playing well, you'll get exposed. Um, so I'm interested to see if he can give them, though, 15 points a game off the bench and maybe 20 minutes to play. That's that's big. That's big for a team that's not the best offensively. He's um, not they the have worst champions. six man to have. No, exactly. Yeah. And then Tyler Hero is going to win six man of the year. So, I mean, that's a pretty nice one-two punch off the bench scoring wise. Um, and then actually recently they've moved Duncan Robinson to the bench too. And he's been a starter in a finals team before uh, back in that bubble year. And so uh, the Bucks, or excuse me, the Heat are going to be a really tough out this playoffs. Um, they're an older team. They play great defense. They're well coached with Spolstra. Um, and they were there not too long ago, um, losing to the Lakers in that bubble season when the NBA came back. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, the East is going to be crazy. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Uh, the person with the most pressure on in the NBA, though, is, is definitely James Harden. I, mean, I was going to say James Harden, yep. He's cried his way out of two spots now. This is his last straw. I mean, he's Philly's already told him they're going to give him that max. Um, he's playing next to Embiid, who's – just won the scoring title. Is going to finish top two in MVP this year. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on him because when he's on, Philly's going to be a very tough out. But when he's off, they do not they do not have any depth to pick it up. I mean, their it's bench the is the, their bench is the weakest, and we know how Harden's fared in the playoffs before. Uh, sorry, Alex, as a Rockets fan, but it hurts. Um, hey, I'm a Rockets I, fan too. He was messing with you early. I'm a Rockets fan too. So. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I've I've gone to a lot of those games in person, actually, just living in Houston, um, and so I've I've seen a bunch of them. But uh, regular season, Harden is known as one of the best offensive players ever. But in the playoffs, his numbers hit, and that's just fact. Uh, they call less fouls, and that's part of his game. Um, but we'll see. There's a lot of pressure on him to to really be Embiid's running mate. I mean, they have the toughest matchup of any of the first-round matchups in the playoffs. Toronto is really good. They're really well-coached. They're really deep, and they're really physical. I I would not want to play them in the playoffs. and um, That's going to be very, very tough. Philly's only a slight favorite in that. Um, and they have guys that can throw it hard and make it difficult. So and they also just played recently in Toronto, won a game in Toronto. And so... What's also interesting is Matisse Thibel, one of their key role player guys, is unvaxxed, and so he can't play yeah. in Toronto. They're already super thin. I mean, they have no bench. And so George Niang was the only guy off their bench, and now he's going to be inserting the starting lineup, I'm assuming, on those away games. And so now their bench has, like, pretty much nobody. I mean, they played DeAndre Jordan. He's I, – I literally <laughs> blows my mind that he still gets contracts. He's 
so bad. I would not want him on, on my team if he was free. Like, I'm not even kidding. The Mavs used to pay him, so I used to know. Um, he's awful, awful. And he gets significant minutes for them since they traded Drummond, that backup center. Um, and so Philly's on upset alert. Uh, I'm very inclined to pick Toronto in that first-round matchup. Um, and I'm, recently – uh, I, I just hope Embiid – I hope his back is okay, like from his previous years of back injury and his shoulder – because he's going to learn with playoff Harden, man. He's going to have to carry. He's going to have to carry the load. In. And Harden doesn't look like his normal self. He's not as quick. He doesn't jump as high. Uh, his shooting numbers are down. Um, he just doesn't look like the same athletically. And so if, if he's not the same athletically with the history he's had in the playoffs, I'm, I'm pretty worried if I was a Sixers fan. Plus all the pressure that is on him. I mean, there's not a player in this playoffs with more pressure than him. Hey, um, strip club's got to catch up to you eventually. You know what I'm saying? Magic City got to got to catch up eventually. I, exactly. And so we'll we'll see what happens. But on, 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 if I'm Philly, I'm on upset alert. And Toronto's got a really good coach, Nick Nurse. I have him top five in the league. Um, he's won a championship. Um, and so if I'm Philly, I'm I'm super worried about this first round matchup. Harden got to be locked in. Side note: uh, Speaking of Nick Nurse, I got a little information today. Nick Nurse. I don't know if he just signed recently or he's been signed, but he is signed to Clutch Sports. And, you know, Lakers are getting rid of Frank Vogel. And so, I mean, y'all could put the pieces together, you know. Nick. Nash, okay. I don't – I wouldn't jump the gun too quick. The Lakers only have five players under contract next year, and, like, three of the deals are awful. So – any smart coach would would hesitate to jump on to jump on that job. They, so uh, they gave Ty Lue the job last year, and he turned it down. And they also gave Monty Williams, coach for the Suns, and he also turned it down. That's how they landed on Frank Vogel in the first place. So it wasn't last year; it was back before the bubble. But both of those guys turned it down, and both look what they're doing with their respective teams. Phoenix is title favorite, and the Clippers made it to the Western Conference Finals last year with Ty Lue. And so I wouldn't be I, I don't think this Lakers job is something that you just want to jump right onto, especially if the GM, LeBron running the GM. I mean, look how he built this team. I think he needs to just, this was a learning lesson for him. Take a step back and let the GM do his job. And you just focus on basketball. Cause honestly, I think you get rid of, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, the GM, um, Palinka. Palinka, yes. Palinka. I think you just get his, rid of him too. You, you need somebody better than that. Yeah. His exit interview was not great today. He he didn't take essentially any of the blame for for what happened this year, and I don't think it's completely Frank Vogel's fault at all. Um, the he didn't construct the team. <laughs> uh, he probably had the least amount of input out of Polinka, LeBron, and Vogel. He probably had the least input, <laughs> and he's the coach. Um, that team was so poorly constructed. I mean, they're giving Dwight Howard significant minutes. They have Carmelo significant minutes. They signed Taylor Horton Tucker to like a big deal. He's getting paid like thirteen million a year. He's not very good. Um, their team is just not great. Um, so uh, I was pretty pretty happy that they missed the playoffs, honestly. Uh, if they were to make it, I would just fade them every single game. But uh, I am a LeBron fan, though. I, I think he's getting a little too much disrespect. What he just did in year 37 is completely crazy. Um, I kind of I kind of just – I'm glad they didn't make it either because, like, just – we don't need you like being on the TV anymore. Like we don't need to see that anymore. We don't need to see Russ doing what he's doing. Like we don't need to see that anymore. But at the same time, I kind of wanted to see, huh? 
LeBron that zero dark thirty would how how would that like could he be able to turn it on and how much would he be able to do with this team? You know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things like uh, oh like for sure it would it would have been interesting to see, but uh, I think maybe making the playoffs would have hurt his legacy more than missing it because I think they would have just gotten steamrolled by by either uh, Memphis or um, Phoenix in that one two spot because it would have been the play in. I mean, think about how bad a year they they had. They let Spurs, who were didn't even know if they wanted to make the playoffs or not all year, and then Pelicans, who started the season like three and seventeen, both finished better than Jesus. the Lakers. I mean, that is just wild, wild to me. The Pelicans started three and seventeen. I think that's one of the more underrated stories of the entire NBA, um, how they were able to recover from that. Um, so I don't know. I think that Lakers job, you should take a second. Westbrook's going to opt into his forty-seven million dollars, just like any of us would do. Because he's got yeah. a player option for forty-seven million, so he's definitely opting into that. So that's going to make it very tough to trade. Great. Um, so we'll we'll see. Eight, Anthony Davis is he's only twenty-nine and he he can't stay healthy, which is pretty interesting to me. I, when I looked up that number, I thought he would have been older than twenty-nine, uh, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy over the past couple of years. Um, and LeBron's thirty-seven, um, so I don't know. The Lakers are in a in a really tough spot. They also have no picks this year. They have very few picks in the next couple of years. They've traded pretty much their whole future away. Um, and so Lakers are in a bind. And if I was a coach like Nick Nurse, like you mentioned, I would really wait and probably just sign with Toronto, what they've got building over there. Because um, what Scotty Barnes is doing as a rookie, he's most likely going to win rookie of the year. Um, and he looks like he's going to be an all-star for years to come. So I would, if I was Nick Nurse, I would just stay put. So you mentioned, I, I have a fun one, David, because you said Nick Nurse. Uh, so you mentioned James Harden has the most pressure. I also think the Doc Rivers in Philadelphia, somehow, some way, he still manages to get jobs after his 2008 Celtics win. But if we're playing this game, you know, the, the Philadelphia 76ers lose. Doc Rivers is probably going to get removed. Or what do you think? He'll get another job, bro. Come on. But I'm saying, like, could he make the move to the Lakers? Is that too far fetched at this point? Come on. He he could make the lake move to the Lakers because maybe there might not be any other suitors. So that might be his only job opportunity. Um, I'm interested to see how that will that will do. Because uh the other day, um, I forgot who Philly was playing, but in the postgame pressure, the bench played pretty poorly. Uh, but when asked about it, Doc Rivers said it wasn't the bench's fault. And he actually used James Harden's name and said James played poorly. Um and so that was a little interesting, him saying, probably lighting the thunder, fire under him, saying, hey, James, you got to help our bench out. you got to be elite for us to win. It's not our bench's fault. We have a, we have a thin bench. We traded it to essentially get you. Um, and so there's a lot of pressure on Doc Rivers as well. Um, so Philly is just a, a little pressure ball right now. Um, and unfortunately, it's Embiid's best year, too. It's his healthiest year. It's been his best year. Um, and I, I, I just I, – I, I don't know. If, I don't even think it'll come out of the first round, really. Yeah, um, and if they do, I think the second round is going to be very tough. Um, I have in the hierarchy of the Eastern Conference, I have Milwaukee one, uh, I have Miami two, um, I have Boston three, and then I have um, Philly four. So, and then I have Brooklyn five. It would be my hierarchy. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I don't know. I'm I'm not a big Philly guy. I just think they have the bench and the elite scoring off uh, in the starting lineup to really make some noise. So we'll see. We'll see. They've had their playoff failures a bunch recently, and training for Harden was supposed to fix that. And so, <laughs> it's funny how like that logic's turned around. They trade for James Harden because they they're they're suffering in the playoffs. 
So has every it's, team it's, that James Harden has been on. As a Houston Rockets fan, I can tell you. You brought up the Trevor Reza team, and that hurt my feelings because I loved that team. <laughs> that was an awesome team. Yeah, I actually, that, that game seven at home, uh, I was on a study abroad in Germany. And so the game actually tipped off at, at 3.30 a.m., I believe, which I think is 7.30 local time here. So I actually stayed up essentially all night to watch it. And in watching it, you didn't even realize that all those threes were missing in a row, I think 27. Yeah, no, um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but that, that Houston team was really special. And if they would have won that game, they probably would have won the finals. Um, or if Chris Paul didn't get probably would have won the finals. Um, I'm aware. We're but, both, we're all aware, unfortunately. But yeah. before before um, we totally move away from the Lakers, Alejandro, since you are the Laker guy, I mean, seasons come to an end. Coach is about to leave. You know what? Thoughts, comments, concerns. I'm so glad the season is over. <laughs> I had to bear because I mean. I'm a Lakers fan, so, you know, even if my team sucks, I'm going to watch them. And, oh, man, did I watch them. And then seeing, well, like, the, the Russ conference at the end, I'm so glad the season is over, dude. It was a shit show. I'm I'm so excited. Hope I mean, supposedly Pacers have interest in him. Hopefully he goes anywhere. Just don't stay here. I just, <laughs> I'm just so done with the Lakers this year, dude. Do, do you think after that uh, Lakers-Pelicans game from uh, – I think it was last Friday, possibly, um, where LeBron, what did LeBron have, like 35? Mm-hmm. Some, yeah, he was like 30. Nuts. Like, he was going nuts. After they lost that, do you think he just kind of said, all right, um, I'm good for the year. Like, we tried. You know, the Pelicans, pro- I feel like if they would have won that game, they probably would have made it to the plane because he just, he would have kept playing. You know, he just kind of said – I'm good. Yeah. I'm done. I tried my best. Y'all go do So they were up they're up twenty in that game. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the twenty one point lead they blew. But I mean I I really do think that, that his ankle was really bothering him. Because I mean, other than like the playing, like I mean he had the, the scoring title he could have tried to go for and he just said like no I'm not doing it, which I mean he always says he doesn't go for like for the stats and you know, but I mean it would have been cool if he at least would have got the scoring title at his age, you know. But I I really do believe he, he he was pretty hurt. The ankle looked pretty bad. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, he's always said he doesn't care about stats, and this is the one year people are saying that maybe he would uh, try and go for that scoring title. And so he probably was actually pretty hurt. But it would have been pretty cool to see. The, for the year, the scoring title for the season? For the season, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was like, like the most I points mean, per game. I didn't. Maybe he's just saying, you know what? I'm not going to go for it because I'm going to rest up and I'm going to go for it next year. So I could be like, oh, you're 20. I got the scoring title. How about that? Put that on the documentary. Motherfucker. Sure, goofball. <laughs> well, he's always said that he could lead in the league in scoring if he wanted to. Uh, I think he said that years ago. And I, I, I don't think he ever has. Um, but, I mean, he was very close this year in his 17th year in the league, which is pretty impressive. Um, so I, I, I don't think LeBron is the issue in – in Lakerland, I think he needs to quit building the teams. <laughs> he's proven he's not great at that. Even in Cleveland, when he got like washed up, D Rose washed up, uh, Dwayne Wade over there, they had Isaiah Thomas. I mean, that well, team was awful. And well, he's just I mean, recruiting he, all these guys. He had to he had to react to Kyrie all of a sudden, just like uh, I want to leave. Um, the world is flat, so I want to go to I want to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, Kyrie is 
Kyrie's on in his own planet, but uh, he's a he's a hooper though. I mean, when he plays, he's yeah. he's amazing, dude. I I hated on him for a while on here, and then he came back and started playing because I lifted the mandate, and yeah. I just watched him. It was the it was the Nets game where he and KD both went for what felt like forty points, and it was yeah. one of his first games back in Brooklyn, and it just. You just forget, man. He, you just forget how good he is because of all the antics off the court. But he is so good. He's just your definition of an actual like just baller. He's a hooper. Yeah. Like, he just loves basketball, and I mean, when he's on a court, he's just a magician with it. I mean, I think they're the first pair of teammates ever to have back-to-back fifty-point games. Um, and I mean, that game in Orlando when when he had like sixty, and I think he yeah. had like fifty-nine at the end of the third quarter, but they were up by so much that they he didn't even play. And his percentages were just off the charts. I mean, what he can do with the basketball is just insane to me. Um, I It was floating around Twitter for a while that he might be the most skilled player ever, and that really might be the case from a pure skill perspective. I mean, finishing with either hand, the acrobatic finishes, uh, the floaters, um, the mid-range pull-ups, the post-ups. He can also shoot threes, catch and shoot off the dribble. I mean, he's got everything. Um, he kind of gets in his own way with the off-the-court stuff sometimes. Um, but but he's a, your definition of a hooper, and so is kind of Kevin Durant, which is why I think they're such good friends. A lot of people are saying, why is KD leaving Golden State to, to go play with Kyrie? I mean, look what he had in Golden State. Um, but he just wanted to be with someone who is just a, a true hooper um, that is his business on the court, and it's just just what Kyrie does is just amazes me every single time. He's one of my favorite players to watch every time. Yeah, just because everybody bullied Kevin Durant because he just hopped on. The bandwagon, the Golden State bandwagon. There we go. The title train. I mean, he could have. He could have. If he stayed, I mean, they would be the favorites right now. They would have been the favorites last year. I mean, they would be still unstoppable if he stayed. Uh, that year when they were all healthy, were were insane. They went sixteen and two in the playoffs on on their way to a championship. I mean, they were unbelievably good. Um, I, from a basketball fan perspective, I loved watching them play. I mean, the ball moved. Uh, Steph Curry knew he wasn't the best player and kind of took the back seat, which a lot of superstars don't do when another guy comes to town. And then Clay Thompson's perfectly happy with just catching and shooting. And then Draymond doesn't even shoot. So he'll just make the guys, you know, I mean, get them wide open, set screens, rebound, do all the dirty work. Um, and so, yeah, that the team only, was crazy. The only good that came out of that team was one, the Rockets being a great team, but just falling short, as we've mentioned earlier. Again. Two, <laughs> and two, um, essentially, I think that's the reason why 2018 LeBron exists, where, which has to be in recent memory, one of his greatest seasons oh, yeah. of his career. But other oh, yeah. than that, they sucked for dominating everybody and not even making it fun or competitive. Yeah, but, they, they, uh, they, were in the, they were the Rockets' one real barrier to winning – at least one ship, but maybe maybe multiple. I mean, the Rockets and Warriors were just battling out in that Western Conference for it seemed like three or four years in a row. Um, so even when the Rockets were, had them, that three-two lead, Golden State just finds a way to win. Um, see, so they they might be able to make that same noise this playoffs if they can get Steph back healthy and kind of rekindle that, that chemistry with Draymond and Clay, and then they have Jordan Poole now, who I mentioned earlier, who I really like. Um, so we'll see. There's a little thin inside. Um, and they're a little young. A lot of their bench is young, like Jonathan Kaminga. Jordan Poole's still a pretty young player. Um, so we'll see what happens. They also get Moses Moody a lot of minutes, um, and he's a he's a rookie as well. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, those, those Golden State teams were special. 
Well, listen, man, we really, really appreciate your time. This has been awesome. You are a savant in this. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners, the two fans, where you can, uh, where they can find your information? Yeah, for sure. So I really appreciate you having it on. I'm always down to talk hoops with you guys, even if it's off air and stuff like that, just via text. Um, but yeah, so you can find my page, uh, Touchstone Hoops, uh, on Instagram. And then my Twitter handle is uh, at Teastone Sports 41 and just called Touchstone Sports Investments. And so, um, yeah, I'll be posting content throughout the playoffs. Um, I do like essay-based posts on my Instagram, um, and I'll be posting some immediate reactions and, and some picks on Twitter. Um, and I'll be locked in this entire playoffs. I plan on not missing a single game. Um, and so uh, I already watch a lot of regular season, but playoffs gets even better, even better. And so, um, yeah, thanks again for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it, and I had a blast. I'm always down to talk hoops. Sorry if I dominated the conversation a bunch of the time. No, man, no, you, you got so much knowledge. I love it. You're just dropping just nuggets of knowledge on the, during the whole episode. I mean, I just learned so much, so I appreciate your time, man. And, yeah, we'll have to do it again. But uh, yeah, two you fans, you know again. where to find us. So uh, we will see you next time. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it again.